From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. Welcome to the Jake of All Trades show. I'm your host, Jake Nuno. I am a financial expert, and I have... Kirk Barbera. I'm not a financial expert. But together, Kirk and I talk about financial planning, the economy, financial markets, psychology, all with the express purpose of helping our listeners build wealth both today and into the future. Now, as somebody with a mortgage, I'm excited about this, although I find it an interesting concept. We paid off our mortgage early thanks to these three strategies. And there, it seems like there's um, an anti-mortgage, anti-monthly mortgage, yeah. anti-debt view that's very present and prevalent in the news, financial planners with TV shows mm-hmm. we won't name. Like this seems to be the dominant strain of advice is – you know, it's like they're trying to boil down advice to very simplistic terms of mm-hmm. don't have debt, right? Essentially, is what it comes down to. And I, that's what I see in this article. Yeah. Uh, you know, it starts off. <laughs> very I love how I love how it starts. Yeah. Throughout my childhood, I gleaned many financial lessons from my grandmother, Big Mama. One of the most important came from her obsessive desire to get rid of her monthly mortgage payment. And then the article goes on. This is from the Washington Post, goes on to give some strategies. So three big, three. Yeah. Before we get into the broad strategies, what is your idea or your view of this view, this very dominant piece of advice? I'm super against paying off a mortgage because I see it as securitized debt on an appreciating asset. And so, like, when I think about, debt that burdens people. I think about things that are not securitized, so not backed by something, right? So like a credit card or a expensive car loan. Those things don't always make sense to me to have debt for those reasons. When I own a house, not only is it like the, the asset itself growing in value year after year, I've secured a long-term fixed obligation that most of the risk is on the bank, right? Not really on me. And I also get a tax deduction for any interest that I'm paying on the mortgage. And so I think there's too many positives to make the case to say all things being equal, you should absolutely attack the mortgage and pay it down aggressively like you would a credit card balance. Yeah, it seems like people are putting these simplistic, overly simplistic pieces of advice to them. Where it's like, we're just going to give you blanket advice. Just don't have any debt. Somehow that's a good thing. You know, middle America figure it out. Right? And that's, that's kind of what they're, they're saying. And it always comes across to me as insulting. <laughs> and we've said this a few times on the show where it's like people can't think for themselves. Mm-hmm. So we have, to give, we have to dumb it down for the little people. Right. That's what this feels like to me, to be honest, is, you know, like debt can be good, as you're saying, you're going to live somewhere. Right. So this is not a a payment that is going nowhere. Right. And if you have the option of, you know, renting an apartment, you know, if you're going to be in an apartment, you can rent, you could spend $1,800, $2,000 a month, or you could spend $2,400 a month 
um, for your, what is it, PITI, the P- principal P- yeah, and interest toward a house yeah. you own, getting equity. And then you can, you know, if you need to, you can refine like this. And then if you have to, you can sell it and move back. And like, it's not like you're, you're trapped in this place forever. It's, it just seems like a bizarre mentality to keep telling people pay off your mortgage and like, oh, you've accomplished something right in the same way of like you accomplish something when you pay off your student loan. We were talking about this before the show, which is an accomplishment. Yeah. Right. Like that is a good thing to pay off your student loan because that's just appreciating or that's just that's getting just a cost, like a, just yeah. an expense that you're just carrying and you're just getting interest. Right. But you're not actually the, the chunk of money that's there is not earning you more. Right. Right. Versus a house, which it is. It's earning and it's growing in value. At least for the last several years when interest rates were like almost zero, people have locked in mortgage rates at three, 2%. Your dollars could Don't be talk about your, that. I know <laughs> Kirk and I decided to move around when interest rates were going yeah. up. So we both have mortgages that are not two or 3%. Yeah. Anymore. So yeah, if someone has that, do not leave. Abs- yeah. And do not try to pay that off early. Cause like yeah, you can get 5% on your money market money sitting in the bank. Like that's that doesn't make point. any so like, sense whatsoever. So that's an interesting nuance. So like for someone at 6% or if you're Let's say you buy and it's it might be at eight or nine percent right now. I mean, yeah. when they were trying to sell me on this, my mortgage lender, they're like, it'll, it'll probably go down in a year. I was like, well, how do you know that? <laughs> I won't name names, but <laughs> how do you know that? Are you sure? It's like, yeah, we're looking at the markets. It's like, really? Then you should be a billionaire because you know how to invest if you know this. But anyway, yeah, maybe it'll go down, but I highly doubt my more. It does not look likely that I'm going to be able to refinance this year. Probably not even next year. Yeah. It'll probably be several years. I'll be at 6.1%. Right. Which is high compared to my friends in Austin who moved a few years earlier. You know, I have one friend that was paying like 3.2, 2.9, 3.1 or whatever. And it's just, it's literally double the house. Right. Over time. Like I'm literally buying two houses. So that begs the question, like, does this article make sense for your situation? That's what I was going to say. The nuance is it may be more... You know, like it may make more sense that I put my bonuses into my house, mm-hmm. right? That if I get a decent bonus, I put five, 10, whatever into the house or a windfall, it may make more sense to pay it down a little quicker if I can. Um, Just because the rate of interest you're paying the, is higher than potentially what you could earn on that money. Yeah. Safely. You said like 5%. Right. If that's the standard we're using. Right. So you have to, again, this is where individual nuance, you have to think about these things and why having a CFP to help teach you these things. So if you if I say, okay, 5%, I want to make that over 10 years minimum, right? Mm-hmm. Well, my house is doing 6.1%. So, but that's debt. Right. So that's not actually earning me real money. Right. So it depends like, because the 5%, let me make sure I'm understanding this. The 5% you're talking about is like a money market account or exactly. something basic where I, I just have a, you know, a basic investment account, a CD, whatever. Right. It's just give me 5%, mm-hmm. you know, year over year. But the house is not giving me 5%. It's just not take. it's 6%. It's costing you 6%. Costing me 6%, yeah. But the asset itself is also growing. It's not growing at a fixed rate because yeah. it depends on the real estate market, right? So you'd also have to factor that part into it. Right. I think this is why they give blanket advice to some of us sillies. As it's I'm just call easier it. to think like, just pay is, it off. Yeah. Right? Just pay it off. Don't worry about it. But I do think 
one of the purposes of our show, I think, is to help people think about these issues. Right. And that you can look at your situation. And like, so for me, and maybe you, you know, we're at the 6% level. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're taking a lot of this out. We may want to put a little bit more into it. But if you're at 3%, you may want to look at, don't worry about paying it off right now. It's a good deal. Put a little bit more of that money into an investment account. Right. So when you get a bonus, maybe don't put as much, don't weight it as much toward the debt, weight it more toward the interest. Does that, again, this is not specific advice. This is like how to think about these things. Right. Yeah. Cause you're, that totally makes sense because the environment has changed. Right. So you could not get that level of set interest, basically risk free on cash in a bank account two years ago. Now you can. And so it really does change the dynamic of what this article is talking about. I think the thing that bothers me and what's the crux of this, the concept of being debt-free, I think is rooted in religion because that's a that's a theme in the Bible of not yeah. you know, overextending yourself. Yeah. And so I think sometimes, like you, you uh, joked about it permeating from the Midwest, like that's like legit, those theories come from there because they're rooted in in religion, but they've now sort of turned into financial advice and blanket financial advice. But it's like a way to perpetuate religious uh, teachings, Mm -hmm. but not through like a a religious form. Well, it's, it's saying it, I think what it's doing, I agree with that in the sense, I don't think anybody's consciously doing that necessarily, but I do think there's a, skepticism of money Mm -hmm. and investment and what money is because you know we did shows on on ayn rand and carnegie talking about what money is we've talked about the psychology of money but like when you think about what money is in this complex economy it's essentially an iou for the future right? right when you give me money to produce this show i'm essentially like i'm doing work throughout that month for that and the hopes that you're gonna give me this money but the money isn't food. I take that money and then go buy food with it, hoping that when I go to the grocery store, there's food there. So it's a kind of IOU to, for what I can do with that money on the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And so, but I think there's an innate distrust amongst people about what money is and whether it will be there, whether the, the kinds of goods will be there. And that there's, there is, and I do think this goes to religion, a, a negative view of money an usury or the the gaining of money for money mm-hmm. sake, right? Which is part of what you're talking about as a CFP. You're talking about like, I'm going to put this money towards something that will grow. Right. As like a mentality of thinking there's, there is still a kind of unhealthy skepticism about that where even, you know, really good, really non-religious people have a view of like, well, things may not in the future be good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm uncertain There things you know, I don't know uh, if I could trust the market. I don't know if I can trust this person. And so they they have this, you know, I don't know if I can trust this person I'm investing with. Or, right. I don't see these Wall Street people actually having my best interest. But again, that's a mistrust in the system in a sense. Yeah, which actually makes perfect sense for why people would want to pay off a mortgage because in their mind, now I'm not beholden to a debtor Right. And I own a physical piece of property and you can't take that away from me. 
right? Absolutely. Whereas if I have a loan on it, there's always that risk, right? No matter how secure the loan is, no matter how reasonable the payment is, how financially solvent the bank is, there's still that possibility. And so this removes that from being... Well, it's an emotional thing too. Yeah. So the possibility is not... I don't. Most people probably don't think about it that way, but there is like a distrust of bankers. Sure. There's a dis. So like, yeah, they're giving you money, but there's something there, you know, the bankers are going to do something. They're going to sell the mortgage. Yeah, or they're going to come back. And, and it's all emotional. Or, yeah. It's, yeah. it's all emotional. And it's like, Oh, they're in bed with the politicians. They're doing this. They're, and this, that is a religious view. Like Christianity for a long time. And it might mean like a thousand years or more had a view that Usri was evil. And it was, and this is, they literally outlawed usury, which is the giving of money and getting, you know, giving of loaning of money and getting interest back. That's what yeah. usury is. And this is in the Bible. This is in te teachings. And, you know, so it is, and it, that permeated the West, that permeated the thinking that permeated. And it was, you know, so for instance, they outlawed Christians from giving loans to other Christians and their views and un lack of understanding of economics led Christians in the past to give, to loan money to Muslims during the, uh, the crusades, mm -hmm. because they thought that giving of money and having that expectation of money in return was bad for the person give, getting the money. So if I gave you a thousand dollars and ask you for 1500 in five years, they thought it was the Christians thought, and, and not just Christians, but a lot of people thought of this as a bad thing for you. The, the one that the, received the, the money. The lendor e. The lendee. And so the issue, but that's ridiculous, but that's because people don't understand that when I give you money, even if I'm getting a return, the idea is that you're growing something right. and, and the pie, because this is goes back to an, a, a psychological, ideological view that things are in a state of uh, of zero sum, where it's like we have one pot of pie that we're all peeling from not i give you a thousand dollars or a thousand gold ducats in france or whatever and for i don't know the the eras but and then you take that money and you buy a track of land you buy seeds for for carrots and you buy some cows and then you're able to pay me back the 1500 in five years and you have all that stuff now right so people don't still to this day People don't understand that when I give you money for a house, you know, not or a business loan, mm -hmm. you're growing it. It's becoming bigger. The pie is becoming bigger. So getting that debt is a good thing. Right. Right. That yeah, that's a really good example. And the what I was trying to talk about at the beginning, how there are such different types of debt, right? And there are there is productive debt and non-productive debt. Yes. And the risk of blanket advice like this is that it muddies those together. And so you potentially miss opportunities that productive debt could provide for you. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I would even go deeper and say, even if it's unproductive, you only get one life, you'll be dead when you're, you know, if you're lucky 80 or 90. Mm -hmm. So die broke. Yeah. You know, like don't die in debtor's prison. Right. You know, like you have to be smart about it, but you know, so I'm not giving you advice like spend all your money, but yeah, go on that trip. Mm -hmm. Like don't, don't wait till you're 90 to go on a trip. You know, I've talked about this on the show where there's this meme of these two 90 year old, like a, a 
grandparents, you know, super old. Oh, and they're passed out on the boat. Yeah, they're passed out on the, what's the Venice? It's Venice. Venice and yeah, with the, the little, little paddle boats. Mm-hmm. And they're just like passed <laughs> out. And it says like, don't wait till retirement to travel. And it's true. It's, it's true. a good piece of advice because you're not going to have the energy to enjoy life and love and food will taste less enticing. And, yeah. you know, the, the, the experience, the experience will be dill, dumb, d- dimmed a little bit mm-hmm. you know not to say don't travel when you retire but just don't wait to only travel when you retire right live life now and in the future right plus you may not even make it to retirement not everybody does facts are facts yeah that yeah so let's go through the let's let's finish up by going through so although we talked about how you should not do this <laughs> we will give you some pieces of advice or we'll we'll talk about these real briefly the, yeah, like the, um, three, the three strategies for paying enough. Cause we're not saying don't pay off debt. Right. To be clear. Yeah. We're not saying absolutely that. pay we're your debt. The theme of our show is to think about your life and be the CEO of your own life. That's right. And to make recognize that life matters in the interim. So yes. we can't always sacrifice everything for future. Cause we don't always know what the future holds. Right. Yeah. So the three things here, which are still good concepts, right? The first one is like making extra principal payments, which automatically. is automatically. Yeah. So it's about, it's about doing this automatically. Yeah. So like one thing, this is actually what I do with my mortgage is I take a monthly mortgage payment and I try to, I, I divide it by 12 months so that, and then I add that to my normal mortgage payment. So that way I'm making 13 principal payments every year oh, instead that's of 12. Smart. Yeah. Right. So and you so add if, a whole, like one whole month of and payment divided by 12 and add that each time. Right. So then I just adjust what I, what I have automatically drafted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spending way too much money. <laughs> this is another episode for another time. Right. We're just going to break down Kirk's chaos. <laughs> Can we do like cost of a new girlfriend episode? <laughs> we probably should. <laughs> we Look should. At, like trends of cost and how they escalate. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But then like the psychological effects of like, being happier also is, you yeah, know, no, it's worth it. Yeah. I'll go bankrupt for happy. She'll probably not stick around, but <laughs> <laughs> so I got all the med- once you lose the house, she's like, Oh yeah. It's like, yeah. Do you want to have dinner with spaghetti in my like RV? <laughs> <laughs> Full <laughs> no. circle. Full yeah, exactly. Circle. Go back to our first episode. Yeah. So, so that's one way you can do it. And it, if you do the math, it like shaves off a few years off of the actual mortgage schedule if you make payments like that. So that can be one easy thing to do. Um, refinancing. So the next one, sometimes, although right now it's not an attractive time to refinance for most people. Yeah. But like if you put in, yeah, if you put in like, (laughs) if you had like a 30 year mortgage at 6% and rates dropped, I don't know, again to like 4%, Maybe it's an opportunity for you to refinance to a 15 year at 4%. So then you're going to pay less interest and the yeah. actual loan is going to be shortened. I think that's going to be less and less of an option in the near term, just because where interest rates are. Yeah. So basically that, that one seems like just talk to your, like your, your mortgage lender, yeah. see what's options are out there every couple of years. And be careful with that because when you refinance, there's costs associated with it. And they're very, very good at hiding the costs, wrapping those costs into the yeah. new mortgage loan, which might end up costing you more money in yeah. the long run. So, well, make, yeah. So make sure, you know, you could trust your mortgage lender. Yeah. You look at the data, the debt stats and I, or the numbers. And again, another reason to have a CFP, cause I would just say, Jake, does this look, you know, over 
like does this look like is this a, overboard on board is this what's the phrase is this does this look like it's boarded correctly <laughs> what's the idiom i can't remember the does this look kosher on board well yeah kosher but uh does this look Above board, above, above board. board. Yeah, does this uh, look okay. above yeah, board? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, yeah, yeah. the term okay. I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like nothing shady going on here. Yeah, this is yeah. all above board, right? So all, we, that's what we want. That's right. And it's not to say mortgage lenders are bad and they wouldn't tell you if you asked them, but mortgage, you know, just like anybody on commission or something like that, they may, Yeah, you like, know, like I, I do think it would be bad for a mortgage lender to like not point out that, well, if you do this, you're actually losing money. Right. Like that would be a bad thing for them to do. Now, if it's like, oh, they're going to, you know, they're going to, it's going to be a hundred dollars, but I'll make thousands. I won't, you know, I don't need, maybe then they could say, well, you're still saving money. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I do think a mortgage lender is mortgage lender. I hope the better ones would point out that this isn't really doing much for you. Right. 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 But Um, I need, yeah, but I need another sale. So we got to keep it moving. No, but I'm saying like hopefully they they don't do that. Hopefully right. they don't just like like even though they need another need another sale. Hopefully they will still say, look, this isn't. If not, then you know you need to tell those people not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Report them somewhere. I don't know. There's got to be a Yelp. place to report them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. person made thousands of dollars and I saved seventy five cents. Right. And, and I have a whole new mortgage with a new 30 year yeah. schedule. Well, then you still, then you lost money. Yeah. In that case, I'm saying like they could make it. So you still gain like say, something, right. but a very little and insufficient to make it worthwhile right. for the work. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that doesn't really happen, but I'm just saying, yeah. In my fantasy scenario. Yeah. Just be careful. <laughs> yeah. Just those. always pay attention and, and make sure everything's above board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Last one. It's a mortgage recast. So what this does is it's basically like if you come into some money or you save a chunk of money, you can just make like one giant principal payment on the loan, and then they will recalculate what your mortgage payment will be because the amount that you owe is smaller. So they like keep the same time frame. So if you were on a 30-year mortgage and you were in year 27 and you put an extra $50,000 on the mortgage... They readjust, you know, they recalculate it for the remaining 27 years, and then your monthly payment can go down. So that can be a way to like accelerate the pay down of it. I've I've seen some people do that. And that's mostly like, you know, if you inherited a bunch of money and or you got a big bonus or you got a huge bonus. Yeah. Like or you it might save two bonuses or a husband, wife. Could, but yeah. Cause it needs to be over $10,000. Yeah. So, so I mean, I've gotten ten thousand dollars bonuses in my yeah. Life. So it can you know do the math though. There's lots of calculators out there to figure out like okay, is this really gonna say? Because the other thing that this article doesn't talk about is that most people don't live in the same house forever and they don't pay off the mortgage. Right? Well, a lot of people yeah, move. Yeah. Like a lot of people end up selling houses multiple times. And so you should do that. if your priority is like to pay down the mortgage, you have to assume that you're going to live there forever. So yeah. that may not always be the best option. Cause it's like, well, this isn't my forever home. I'd rather, you know, keep my money invested in my portfolio so that when I decide to sell the house, I get a little chunk and then I can do something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I think those are the three main things that the takeaway for us is that you need to consider all your options and really think about, you know, I mean, what would be the principle here that the principle is 
more, I mean, more than just think about it, because that's a simple way of, you know, of course you need to think about it. But, you know, again, this goes to taking control of your life as the CEO. Yep. And really do the math. And look, not all CEOs of, of companies are accountants. Right. And they're not, actually most aren't. Right. And then, you know, I've, I've met a lot of CEOs and CEOs are good at building teams to accomplish their tasks. That's right. That's what we all as humans need to get better at, I think, is that you don't have to do everything on your own. And look, if you can't afford a CFP, there are lots of AI tools to get you started. There's lots of products out there to help you with advice. Mm-hmm. And it's really just about getting the right kind of thinking. Yep. So you can do the calculations, ask a friend who's good at his account, whatever you have to do to take control of your life and say, you know what? I'm not going to pay this down. I'm not going to worry about paying the mortgage all the way off. Right. I'm going to, but I do want to do this strategy so that, that we talked about, like, I like the strategy of 13 months and 12 mm-hmm. because that gives you more equity exactly. so that like if one of your plans would be to buy a bigger house in five years, you have a little bit more equity. Maybe you're, you know, like I'm in a place where the house values seem to be going up mm-hmm. because this whole area is growing a lot. So if I put more equity into it, I might be able to get more out of it when I sell in exactly. five years or probably not that long. I don't think I'll stay here that long, yeah. but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, no offense, man. Yeah. Need a coffee shop. Dep- get some coffee shop. Get a coffee shop. Yeah. Depends on how quickly that grows. Right. And the, yeah, t- the way they, that it grows. Yeah. If they had like a really cool downtown in a year, that's not going to happen. Probably not. No, it's like a 10 year. It's project. pretty suburban. Yeah. It's yeah, pretty suburban, suburban. but so, yeah. that's okay. But yeah, those are good principles. And like, evaluate, make an intentional choice with your debt. Don't just assume all debt is the same and that it should be eliminated. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode of Jake of all trades. Be sure to check us out on our blog at jakes, two cents.com. Take care. We'll see you next time. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.